Hey everyone, and welcome to another chapter of Lunar Books Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Moon. In our last episode, I reviewed book 6 of the Harry Potter series. Now, in this episode, I'll be reviewing the 7th and final book of the Harry Potter series. Before we go into today's episode, show your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing as your actions can make a huge difference in helping the podcast grow. So let's keep that momentum going. Now, let's dive right in. As I mentioned, I'll be reviewing the seventh book. And the seventh book of the Harry Potter series is titled Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. It was written, of course, by J.K. Rowling. This book um, being published for the first time on July 21, 2007. This book, like its predecessors, falls in the same genres being that of fantasy, fiction, young adult fiction, magical realism, mystery, and thriller. The Deathly Hallows, as most Harry Potter fans refer to the book, is the first book to take place for the majority of the book outside of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. This book follows Harry as he takes on the daunting task of finding and destroying as much of if not all the horcruxes that Voldemort made. If you've been following the book reviews that I've been doing, you will remember that in the previous episode as well as the previous book, we ended where we learned that Voldemort created at least or about seven horcruxes Horcruxes being devices where a person can store and protect part of their soul. Um, Two, we also discovered who exactly the Half-Blood Prince is. And this this ties into the overall plot point of the entire series. As well as something that we discover towards the end of this book, um, The Deathly Hallows. Also, we realized or we saw or we read that um, Dumbledore had he died and he died at the hands of Severus Snape, also known as the Half-Blood Prince, also the guy that everyone has been fighting against, to use a lack of a better word or lack of a better phrase. Everyone was really fighting against him, telling Dumbledore that he's not a person that should be trusted or anything like that. But yeah, Dumbledore still trusted him and he ended up dying. We find out something else related to the death as well as um, Severus himself. Also remember that um, in the last book we saw where or we read where Harry ended his relationship with Ginny Weasley. Um, He did this in order to protect her. He did this also in order to go off and hunt down all the Horcruxes. Um, for this book, the places that were visited were one, the Tonkses, Tonks being Nymphadora and her parents. Nymphadora, Nymphadora's mother, her name is Andromeda Tonks, is actually Sirius Black's cousin. Andromeda Tonks is also the sister of Bellatrix and Narcissa. So Bellatrix um, Bellatrix Lestrange and Narcissa Malfoy are sisters of Andromeda Tonks. Uh, Another place that we visit in this book is the Borough. 
we all know the borough as the Weasley's home. We also visit Number 12 Grimal Place, the Ministry of Magic, Godric's Hollow, the Love Goods, Love Goods being, um, forget her first name. Oh wow, can't believe that this happened to me a while ago and it was in my head. Um, Luna, Love Good, yes, sorry about that, but yeah, Luna. Lovegood is part of the Lovegoods and her father is the only living parent she has and possibly the only living relative. We are not given much detail about her life during these seven books and even afterwards, after the books ended, the only thing that we learn about Luna Lovegood is that she ended up marrying um, Newt Scamander's grandson. Newt Scamander is the, the author of fantastic beasts and where to find them and that's the book that was introduced in the third book they also have a movie about um newt scamander and everything but newt scamander of course had children and blah 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 so one of his grandsons ended up marrying luna lovegood which apparently was in the same year or a year ahead no he was in the same year as luna Luna is a year below Harry and apparently he was sorted in the same year as Luna according I think that's what I remember from reading the information about her but anyways the love goods is a place that we go to another place that we visit in the visit in this book is the Malfoy Manor and of course Malfoy being the name of Draco Malfoy Harry's enemy or arch enemy whichever you want to think about it also he's the son of Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy. Yeah, we also visit Shell Cottage. Shell Cottage is the home of Bill Weasley. Bill Weasley is the first son of Molly and Molly, Molly Weasley and her husband, <laughs> Arthur. Right? <coughs> Sorry about that, but wow, I'm losing a lot of names right now. Anyways, Bill is the first son of Molly and Arthur Weasley and he's also the older brother of Ron Weasley who is Harry's best friend so that's Shell Cottage another place that we visit is Gringotts, Gringotts Bank and finally we go back to Hogwarts the book ended at Hogwarts well the official chapters ended at Hogwarts but the book itself because there was an epilogue the epilogue ended at King's Cross Station that's where Hogwarts students take the train to go to Hogwarts. Now, the main characters for this book, of course, are Golden Trio, Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger. Other characters who can possibly fall under the title of main characters for this book are, of course, Voldemort, Bellatrix Lestrange, Aberforth Dumbledore, Neville Longbottom. Uh, a few other characters that are mentioned and, and or made an impact in this book are Bill and Fleur, um, Fleur being the girl, the triwizard champion from Beaubaton, Beaubaton um, Academy. She ended up marrying Bill at the beginning of this book, but that's for later on. Um, Luna Lovegood also made some amount of impact. Um, mostly her um, room and that was an emotional impact that she made we also see grip hook making some impact in this 
the tongues as i mentioned before the tongues are ted tongues andromeda tongues and um nymphadora tongues now nymphadora is who we really know most and we call her tongues because she does not like to be called by her first name but her parents are the ones that actually made an impact not so much her she does she is mentioned in the book and she does play some role but i feel like her parents played a more important well they all played important roles i should say i correct myself they all played important roles it's just that her parents played um for the first 10 percent 20 percent of the book her parents played a greater role than she did and she played a good amount of role as well towards the end of the book now of course another character that made an impact is molly weasley badass molly weasley loved how they gave her some amount of power and just showed that hey she's not just a stay-at-home mom other people or characters that made impact are the order of phoenix hogwarts the hogwarts house elves house elves the hogwarts students and teachers the death eaters actually surprisingly and somebody i mean, actually did not mention that made some impact is grop grop is actually harry hagrid's half brother and he's a full giant but he's just a baby so he's smaller than the rest and when i say baby i mean he's just small he's younger than the other giants that are seen in this book by age yes but he's also small babyish in body size but he's still big so those are the characters um, or groups that made some amount of impact for this uh, book now this book really has a few themes that spilled over from the previous book some of which are like integrity friendship loyalty but these themes are all but tested in this book meaning the a person's integrity their friendship and their loyalty all these things are actually tested within this book um a few other themes that actually are mentioned in this book are allegiance and this theme plays a pivotal role in the deathly hallows book um it significantly influences the outcome depicted in the book now with two opposing sides engaged in this war um the opposing sides being the death eaters and good guys um and let's just say good guys for now because good guys encompasses the wizarding world at large but those that actually fought against him physically and no matter how you can think of it are dumbledore's army which is harry's high school gang if you want to call it like that um the order of phoenix and hogwarts as a school itself so these three entities are the main fighters against um the death eaters so those that those are the two opposing sides engaged in the war in this war now as expected or it is expected that individuals will of course align themselves unwaveringly um, or with unwavering loyalty to the different um, respective factions but we see where it's not so easily cut because for example we will all guess that hey 
the death eaters would be self-serving they would be only to Voldemort and there would be no um, thought of betrayal that's where we see all of this now if you think about all of that saying that death eaters are loyal to Voldemort or they pled allegiance to Voldemort like I said you don't expect betrayal you don't expect um, changing of sides however we have perfect example and the main one that really fights this whole allegiance thing and loyalty is Severus Snape now this is a character that was shrouded in ambiguity throughout the entire series like I said um, everyone had was really against him saying Dumbledore do not trust this man but he's always justified by Dumbledore um, that he's loyal to the Order of the Phoenix and from the very first moment that Harry actually encountered Snape he doubted um, Severus Snape's true intentions and he doubted whether Dumbledore was in his right mind trusting him but Dumbledore held steadfast saying that hey he is trustworthy let him be let him go and work as our spy for for, you know whatever and then in Half-Blood Prince which is a previous book we finally see where Snape ends up murdering killing Dumbledore in front of Harry and then everyone starts to believe that hey maybe Dumbledore should have just listened to us and you know not um, put so much trust in Snape now in the beginning of this book everyone starts to realize that hey Snape really can't be trusted because he is now obviously supporting the Death Eaters his devote his his um loyalty towards the order of the phoenix and to hogwarts itself is non-existence or at least that's what it seems like but then towards the end of the book we learn through memories that snape is unwaveringly devoted to lily potter now his loyalty to the order of the phoenix his loyalty to dumbledore his need or want to protect harry is all because of his devotion to lily potter lily potter is harry's mother now because of this we see just how much an allegiance loyalty can shift the paradigm in a, in a war because now we understand all of his acts now we understand all that he has done now we see that though there are times may it seem that he had betrayed the order of the phoenix he still had to put up a front in order to protect his life while spying on the enemy now another thing that we see where allegiance is mentioned or showed in this book is where we we speak about the Malfoys and Peter Pettigrew um, now this is too different it's a bit different now Peter Pettigrew his allegiance to people or groups 
wavered over the years. Now, he was never a brave or a smart person, but he always ended up having friends or people that were protecting. While at Hogwarts, he befriended and was a part of the Marauders, Marauders being a gang of four guys, um, making up Harry's father, who is James Potter, his godfather, who is Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, and Peter Pettigrew. But then when bigger power came to be, which would be that of Voldemort, he switched allegiance and went over to Voldemort, being the cause of the death of Lily and James, and orphaning Harry. And then throughout the years, we see where his allegiance not that it switched to the good guys but he found that being a part of the good guys though in disguise was better than supporting Voldemort and all of these things and besides people thought he was dead so might as well live like that um another thing that he did so time went on and then his allegiance just kept switching up and down up and down up and down and then in which book was it right so in this same book we see where um he was about to kill or harm harry and harry reminded peter of his act of kindness towards peter Pettigrew back in the third book and because of this his allegiance his loyalty wavered a bit and because of that he ended up dying but we're not going to talk about Peter Pettigrew. Sad to say he deserved his fate. But yeah. Another way where we see allegiance in this book is that the Malfoys were unwaveringly devoted to Voldemort and being a part of the Death Eaters. More so Lucius, but he, in because of how his wife was raised, because of how he was raised, they both basically were just devoted she wasn't an um she being narcissa being lucius's wife wasn't uh an outright death eater but she supported her husband in being a death eater so for years while he was at uh, hogwarts leaving hogwarts and everything he was devoted to the devoted to being a death, death eater and devoted to Voldemort himself then we see where after his after his mess up in the fifth book he started to have change of thoughts um he started to realize that maybe yes he doesn't like the whole he doesn't like messing with blood purity and everything. He doesn't like that. He's all about blood purity. He doesn't like muggleborns or half-bloods or anything. But at the same time, he was he started to think if really being a devoted supporter of or devoted death eater is worth it, especially when it comes to the safety of his wife and his son. And towards the end, we see where not just Lucius but his son, after what happened in the previous book realize that yeah they're still against this whole um half blood and muggle-born and all of that but they will talk about their grievances behind closed doors 
and at the end they ended up changing allegiance towards the good guys and because of one act done by Narcissa Malfoy because of her and the love of a mother Harry decided or Harry through um, Kingsley Shacklebolt decided to give them a leeway um, yes they've done wrongs but that act that she did definitely helped to change the tide of the war um, that act that she did was um, Harry was shot by a spell everyone thought he was dead so Voldemort had asked someone one of his followers because he wasn't gonna check himself asked one of his followers to go and check if Harry is still alive the person that did that was Narcissa and because she wanted this war to end so she could find her son she noted that Harry was still alive but trying to disguise himself so she asked him first is Malfoy alive and he said to her yes he is which he was and she then lied to Voldemort saying Harry is dead and because of that one act we were able to prolong the story and prolong Harry's life a little bit more and we were able to win the war towards the end so you know allegiance it does change um, things happen and then you have to switch sides but allegiance is just one of these main themes that kept going on we even see allegiance when it comes to something as little as a friendship as we said earlier relationship spills over into this book from the previous book because there was a quarrel between Harry and Ron and Ron abandoned Harry and Hermione on their mission so they're on the road trying to find Horcruxes and Ron abandoned them leaving and you know the, these allegiance it's it shows that hey yes we may be devoted to someone but things can happen and they allow us to change allegiance or change our minds and all that so I don't know I think that's what the theme is or what, what they're trying to get at with this theme another thing that or another theme that came up in this book and this probably the final theme is that of the theme of good and evil and it's obvious this one good being Harry and everyone that wants to have safe and what safe and protected world I don't know how to say that but then you have the evil which is the Voldemort and his followers trying to rem- kill people or yeah kill people or change people's minds because of their blood purity and all that something that is not of that much importance anyways so this good and evil thing is just it's a bit it's obvious I think within this entire um, book now the plot for this book is um, a bit long this I think I think but mostly it goes through the I don't just let's just go through it each other. so you have to remember that throughout the previous six novels from um, Philosopher's Stone all the way up to Half Blood Prince. Harry has been grappling with the different challenges of being an adolescent, 
um, learning at the beginning of course learning of his nature being that of a wizard learning of the tragic tragic end of his parents learning or bearing or having that burden of being renowned as the only survivor of the killing curse this curse that was actually um, cast against him by the wizard Tom Riddle also known as Lord Voldemort this of course like I said this curse resulted in the murder of his parents and the curse was sent on for him to try and get his life but he's known now as the only survivor of the killing curse um, because of this um, this act where his mother sacrificed herself to protect her son that act motivated that act or him going to kill them motivated the prophecy foretold um, by um, Professor Trelawney, Sibyl Trelawney. Now, there's something that Dumbledore said at the end of this book where if Voldemort had not heard that prophecy and if Voldemort had not decided to act upon that prophecy, then we the prophecy itself possibly could not have been um, fulfilled he said that there are hundreds possibly thousands of prophecies that are stored at the ministry of magic that has never been fulfilled so him Voldemort himself going to kill the potters is the reason why the prophecy can be fulfilled if he had not gone then nothing would have happened and then of course we continued in his life to see that Harry ended up being raised by his muggle relatives being his aunt his mother sister Petunia and her husband and son um, and throughout the books Harry like I say he re-enters the, the he re-enters the magical world um, and rose in Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry he goes through the different halls having different um, situations each year something happens he learns more about himself and more, more about the magical world also he learns more about Voldemort we see where in the fourth book halfway point of his magical learning we see where um, Voldemort is Voldemort is reborn he came comes back to life he causes death eaters um, we learn in the three, three following books <laughs> we learn in the following books of the existence the existence or Voldemort having horcruxes which are just magical items allowing someone to store a part of their soul allowing them to um, for lack of a better word be immortal um, we learned that these horcruxes Harry had started to destroy them from his second year at Hogwarts without him actually knowing and then we come to this well towards the last book where we found out who the half-blood prince is we found that 
Dumbledore had also destroyed another Horcrux which would be the ring and then there was a third Horcrux that he thought he knew where it's located and that would be the locket um, we see where Dumbledore dies um, we also see where Draco somehow allowed people to enter the school without Dumbledore's say so and now we're here in this book where Harry is on the verge of turning 17 losing 17 where he will be losing that magical protection that was left to him by his mother he finds himself in uh, different situations where members of the Order of Phoenix had to relocate him he's accompanied by his friends and other protectors ended up going through the Tonks' home and this is where we see um, we learn about Andromeda now when I first read this part of the book where Harry goes to the Tonks' home we I thought that Bellatrix was a twin because the description of Andromeda is that she looks exactly like her sister who is Bellatrix the only difference is that she has I think they said no I think they said brown hair I don't remember the description but either way they said that her features were softer and more like friendly it was friendlier than her sisters and you could see in places where there were differences between the two so when I first heard that I thought they were twins but then when you go on you realize or when you learn more about um, Andromeda you realize that she was it was an order I don't remember who was first but yeah there was an order and Andromeda and Bellatrix are just sisters they're not twins um, also Andromeda like so many of like a few of her other relatives were actually removed from the black family tree now removed I believe is similar to that of you are not able to get any inheritance from the black family name now ah yes so I know the order um, the order is Bellatrix is the first sister because I remember when Harry had gotten his inheritance from Sirius Dumbledore did say that if Harry did not want um, any any of the inheritance from Sirius is he then saying that he's okay with his inheritance being transferred to the eldest black eldest living black relative which would be Bellatrix and he said no so yeah Bellatrix is the first sister followed by Andromeda and I think Narcissa is the baby because she was the youngest of them all in terms of features and everything but yeah we digress no, that was one of the major things because it just showed that like Sirius you can come from an overbearing family that has these wayward thoughts and beliefs and you still come out to being someone good and, and like I said she was removed from the black family tree because she married a muggle a muggle born I should say not a muggle a muggle born wizard that's, what, that's why she was removed from her um, black family now we continue where after leaving the tongues harry goes to the burrow and at the burrow he 
silently prepares for his journey to go and look for Horcruxes. He helps prepare for Bill and Fleur's wedding. He celebrates his 17th birthday and he also inherits, he also gets to learn what Dumbledore had left him. Dumbledore left a will and in that will he left three, four items to the trio. Ron got something called a Deluminator, which is something that Dumbledore invented himself. It's a bit difficult to describe what it does. Maybe I'll do a different episode on that. Um, Hermione was blessed or given his copy of um, Beetlebards. Not Beetlebards. The Tales of Beetlebard, um, which are just some children's stories, a book of children's stories in the magical world. And then Harry was left the first snitch that he caught snitch being the golden snitch which is just um, one of the four balls used in Quidditch as well as he was also left the sword of Gryffindor but that not being Dumbledore's item was the ministry decided not to give it to Harry Um, we also see where Madai Moody died, the great, the legendary Madai Moody, that no one thought it possible, not that they didn't think it possible for him to die, but they just never expected it because of the type of person he is. Um, and a few other tragedies occur. We see where we see where the trio goes off to try and find the Horcruxes. They actually discover where one is got that one but then life just got difficult for them and throughout the time they found out where um the remaining horcruxes were and they went for that we see some some moment of redemption for creature in this book because creature let me see how to best put it creature is like any house elf they are loyal to the family that is in that owns them now creature was unwaveringly loyal to Sirius's baby brother Sirius's baby brother is known as Regulus Black now if you remember or um, if I had mentioned I'm not sure but in the previous book I did mention that the that Dumbledore and Harry did find a Horcrux but it was a fake because someone else had found it previously and left a fake there and the Horcrux inside of the fake Horcrux it read a message saying that um, he he found this out and that he hopes that when it's time to him to meet his match for Voldemort to meet his match that the Horcrux would have been destroyed and he would have been able to face them like a mortal and in it he signed his name R.A.B. so in this book we see where R.A.B. actually stands for Regulus Arturus Black who is Sirius's black baby brother and that's how he died he died finding the Horcrux and the only person that knew he died and where he died was Creature everyone else thought that he died at the hands of Voldemort because of something else but anyways now back to Creature Creature was unwaveringly loyal to Regulus Regulus um, he loved Regulus so much that 
he did everything Regulus had ordered him to do, even though it is against um, his mother, which would also be creatures, owner, someone that he's supposed to tell everything. Now, Harry founds, uh, finds out that Creature had taken the Horcrux because, like I said, Regulus found it and gave it to Creature to try and destroy and he died while allowing Creature to leave. Now, Creature failed his task but he kept trying, kept trying and that's possibly the reason why he was insane because he lived alone and was talking to photos as well as he was unable to do what he was supposed to do. Now, Harry, so Harry through the fake Horcrux was able to become close to Creature and Creature realizing that um, Harry is somewhat like his favorite um, master which that be Regulus now they have a better relationship and he actually does a lot to support Harry now that was his redemption him changing his perspective of Harry was his redemption which was really cool um, they found like I said they found their third horcrux and that horcrux took a while to be destroyed they found the fifth horcrux which that horcrux was found in um in Gringotts bank that was the fourth one the fifth horcrux we found at hogwarts when they finally made it to hogwarts the that was the fifth horcrux the sixth horcrux we later discovered that it was an accidental horcrux and that was Harry himself. Um, a part of Voldemort's soul got trapped inside of Harry and that's how he had the scar and was able to speak to snakes and all of these things. Um, yep. Um, and the final horcrux was the snake. Voldemort's favorite snake, Nagini. So all these horcruxes were destroyed. And they were able to fight um, Voldemort to at the end of the book. Um, we see in the latter part of the book where the teachers, students, especially Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, helped to Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and of course Gryffindor helped to fight against Voldemort and his Death Eaters. We see where um numerous people died while um this war was going on one of draco's cronies died keep mixing them up i'm not sure if it was crab or goyle that died but one of them died nymphodora tongues died remus lupin died fred weasley died and a few other people on the good side the, the creevy brothers died the creevy brothers are only um they're only seen in the movies once or twice well not both of them just the older one which will be Colin and then but they are mentioned throughout the book books here and there since the second one so Colin Creevy and his younger brother 
ended up sneaking away because there was a thing that they did that said that anyone under 18 has to leave or anyone under 17 on the uh, 16 and oh no 17 anyone under 17 had to leave um, and they could not participate in the war because they're underage but the crazy brother sneaked away and ended up dying um ron's girlfriend from the previous book died she died by the hands of a werewolf um we see neville stepping up again by rallying the order of the phoenix and the dumbledore's army and the teachers after they found out that quote-unquote harry died neville also was the one that had killed nagini who was a horcrux and so after everything harry was able to face voldemort as a mortal which was the wish of regular black a death eater um we see where molly weasley a stay-at-home mother kills bellatrix lestrange bellatrix lestrange is a formidable duelist the only person in this era that was possibly better than her as a duelist was one voldemort two dumbledore three sirius and yes people sirius black was a formidable duelist as well however he did die at the hands of his sister of his cousin however it is said that from the books are not the books from outside sources that sirius was um a formidable duelist and the fact that um bellatrix was able to un, um, to defeat him and she she defeated him yes but if you were to read the books properly you realize that she defeated him when he wasn't really paying attention to her and i knew that i know that's life and everything but technically if i'm walking and somebody come beside me or behind me and attack me then they're not so much better than i am yes they're clever and cunning but they're not that much better than i am as it comes to being a fighter or whatever but yes those were that's what it was said that people those are some of the few people that were better than her as a duelist kings of shacklebolt as well could have stood his ground against her or possibly beat her but yet still Molly Weasley defeated Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, we go on to see where Harry and Voldemort talk and about the whole situation as it relates to Severus being actually on the good side, but he was just spying. We see where we learn throughout this book as well as this last part how once, as in the very first book where. Um, Ollivander said to Harry, the wand chooses the wizard, and it is not always known why, but the wand chooses the wizard, and we see where the wand, one of the Deathly Hallows, actually belongs to Harry. We realize that throughout this entire series one, there are three Hallows, or three Deathly Hallows, a cloak of invisibility, the death wand or the death stick and the stone of resurrection. We see where Harry ha has owned the cloak of invisibility because his cloak is actually one of the deathly hallows 
and his cloak has been passed down from generation to generation all the way down to Harry. It's always passed to the eldest child. Um, two, he was he inherited the second hollow, which was the stone of resurrection, which was hidden inside of the golden snitch. And then we see where through some events, um, through some events throughout the book one being him being him disarming draco malfoy while being captured at the malfoy manor we see where he then unknowingly becomes the he becomes the owner of the most powerful wand in history now at the end of the book when harry and voldemort are doing their circling and talking everyone realized that Harry is, as they would say, the master of death. That's what having all three means according to the book and according to the, the lore behind the Deathly Hallows. Now, eventually, of course, Harry wins and the war ends and the Death Eaters are rounded up and everything like that. You know, at first we thought that, hey, the story ended but then we go off to the epilogue the epilogue occurring after 19 years after the end of the war and in this epilogue we see where the trio is saying goodbye to their children as they leave for hogwarts harry and Ginny had three kids at the end of it their names are james sirius potter alba severus potter and lily luna potter now ron and hermione ended up being together they had two children who were rose weasley and hugo weasley teddy lupin who is the son of remus lupin and he's also the son of nymphadora tongues is harry's godson now harry's godson who uh, was seen in this story kissing the daughter of bill and fleur which Technically, they will be distant cousins, but yeah, this I don't think this storyline really or the wizarding world really cares about cousins when it comes to mating and having children with them. But like I said, they're distant cousins, um, distant cousins because of let me see, Bill and Bill and um bill bill weasley is the son of arthur weasley arthur is not arthur is it arthur yes arthur weasley is the is a distant cousin of sirius black and being a distant cousin of sirius black means he's also a distant cousin of andromeda tongues who is um Remus, who is Teddy Lupin's grandmother, who is still alive. So that's where we're at as it relates to that. In this same circle, Harry tells everyone that, hey, Snape has actually been on the good side from ever since. And then, but anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm going too far back. <laughs> now, we see where Harry has an intimate moment with his son, who is Albus Severus, who Har Albus is going on for his first year at Hogwarts. And we're seeing where 
Albus is worried about starting his first year because he does not want to be sorted into Slytherin. Um, he then mentioned Harry then mentions this to um, Albus that if he wants, he can actually tell the sorting hat where he wants to go because that's exactly what Harry did while Harry was um, at. When he was being sorted, he actually told the sorting hat that he does not want to go into Slytherin. He does not want to go into Slytherin. And the sorting hat said, okay, if that's what you want, you're going into Gryffindor. And yeah, the last line in the book really was that all is well. Um, because our last phrase that was said is that all is well. Because Harry, Scar has not hurt or caused any form of pain in the last 19 years. Um, I kind of butchered that plot, <laughs> but that's basically it, I guess. Um, them searching for Horcruxes, having some of their plans not going working out properly, finding more Horcruxes, plans not working out properly, almost dying, dying, almost dying. Good, good. Um, winning over evil. So I don't know. That, that's it. Um, this book was actually a very good book. It's it was a nice way to end this series um, I love the ending especially the fact that um, he was able to it's like a full circle type of thing you know him being uncertain about Harry being uncertain about his Hogwarts being at Hogwarts and being sorted and not wanting to go to Slytherin and then now his son having the same mindset so you know it's like a, like a full circle type of thing um, so yeah, I, I did. I like that. And um, what I liked about this book was that Snape's story was properly revealed yeah, towards the end, and we learned exactly which side Snape was really on all this time. Uh, I also liked that the Malfoys received some sort of redemption. Not that they deserve it, though. I don't believe that they deserve it, but still, I like that. Um, what I didn't like was that Harry. Or how Harry ended um, went about the different Deathly Hallows towards the end um, in the fact that he kept his inheritance which was the 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 inheritance was the invisibility cloak the next hallow that he was uh, that he inherited was from Dumbledore he randomly drops it in um, in the, the, the hidden forbidden forest of course if anybody finds it they'll think it's a stone but still you should have done something better with it and then the third hollow which was the one harry decides to put it back in dumbledore's grave yes it was removed from his grave by the voldemort but i think the book the movie did this better in the fact that in the movie harry actually fixes his wand and then after fixing his one, he broke the, the death stick or the elder one, whatever the name is. Um, death stick, elder one. See, yeah, that's what it's been called. But that's what he did in the movie. And I liked that ending compared to the book. The book, I didn't like that because if anybody come and disarms Harry and his one decide that, hey, they're going to switch allegiance, it means they are the owner of the death of the elder one which is just stupid and in harry's line of work he's bound to be disarmed he's a he's an aura so yeah that was a bit stupid um the final ending was nice you know like i said he shared an intimate moment with his son 
and it was a really nice way to end the book i really enjoyed it um so yeah the overall rating that i'd given this book was 9.4 out of 10 making it a five star rating book if you use the star system this entire series the harry potter series itself i definitely recommend if you're uncertain about it maybe you could watch the movies not the best way to start because the book is better but if you're not so much into reading or you want to test the waters a bit then yeah i would say watch the first movie or the first two movies and then read the books but i definitely recommend this entire series as it relates to the book now this episode concludes me reviewing all the books from the original harry potter series i really enjoyed making these um there are times when i'm excited and it can be it can be heard in me just rambling on and on but you know i hope that you didn't you didn't that didn't bother you guys um another thing that i have to say before i actually finish this is that there's actually another book or a play that was released some years after the last book was published this was this was not written by jk rowling it was written by someone else and i honestly consider it garbage and i'm not the only harry potter fan that considers it garbage yes there are good moments from it um, but it ruins the the entire storyline in my opinion um jk rowling and at first these potter fans are like hey i'm not canon so can go with the garbage but then over time jk rowling decided that she's gonna make that storyline canon and i feel like she did this only to make money because if you read the books if you read all the information that she herself published before this garbage was released you realize that there are the majority of that book slash play the majority of it even the, every plot point in that book makes absolutely no sense it is pointless timelines don't add up nothing so i feel like she just did this to make money nothing else and i say this to say that yeah i'm not reviewing that book if i were to review anything else from the harry potter series it would be the side books that came out afterwards stuff like fantastic beasts and where to find them quidditch through the ages the name of few but that garbage i am not gonna review that ever having said that you've reached the end of another chapter if you're hearing this message it means you've listened all the way or at least you skipped to the end but still you're at the end and for that i wholeheartedly thank you i hope you enjoyed this chapter if you did please leave a review on your listening platform and share this chapter with your friends connect with the podcast on instagram threads and tiktok the link to everything will be in the show notes until next time remember do not pity the dead pity the living and above all those who live without love Thank you.